What's going on guys, this is Justin with the Prometheus Lens Podcast and the Dig Bible Podcast, with today being September the 11th, happy birthday Jesus, and for those that don't know, that's what this episode's about, I'm re-releasing some clips from the episode that we did on the Jesus of Nazareth Part 1 and Part 2 with the Dig Bible Podcast, and so in this uh, audio clip here, we are talking about Revelation 12 and other Bible verses to break down and pinpoint the birth of Jesus. Hope you guys enjoy. So I guess with the the birthday of Jesus, you know, we we are told, you know, December 25th is Christmas. And uh, I know sometimes we focus in on the, the, you know, the Roman Catholics, you know, a lot, but... uh, Somebody told me that, that that was a Roman Catholic holiday that they instituted to to bring in pagans or something. Well, do, you, do you know something about that, well, Chad? I kind of heard a thing or two, but uh, my understanding <laughs> is that, uh, you know, December the 25th, they were celebrating the uh, dying and resurrecting, or the uh, dying and resurrecting sun gods of iniquity's birthdays hundreds of years before the birth of Yahusha. For the birth of the of the sun's most high, or the most high sun, and um, Sol Invictus is actually who um, Constantine worshipped. Not only did he worship him, but he was initiated into the order of Sol Invictus four years prior to bringing together the Council of Nicaea and under the Holy Roman Church. Now, as far as what the uh, the astrology. As far as how the sun moves south, is that where we're at? Is that where you're going with? Yeah, I think it's more about the the date of and what and what like what it actually was. Oh yeah, to, well, to, to the pagans sell, and they the brought the it pagans. in and well, and they, they, they were sell- overlapped the pagan. Well, was it? Oh yeah, they were celebrating Sol Invictus' birthday, all these dinosaurs. Saturnalia, which was that? Yeah, Saturnalia, which I mean, you which was Mertha, his son. That all mm-hmm. these different sun gods that you see. We've talked about this before. This kind of comes back to the beginning at Babel. Uh, uh, but without going there, you know, uh, December 25th was celebrating the dying and resurrected sun gods of iniquity's birthday, uh, hundreds of years before the birth of uh, Christ. So, uh, you know, there was... The Gentiles were worshiping that. Yeah, and then, of course, when they uh, the Roman Catholic Church come together and um, uh, they amalgamated Christianity with paganism. And uh, when they did that, we started to celebrate the birth of um, the Most High Son, the Messiah, uh, on December the 25th. But uh, my understanding is, along with you, Justin, you tell it so well, uh, the true birthday of um, the Messiah would be on 9-11. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. You want to run us through that and tell us how that works? Oh, yeah, I was getting to that. Um, (laughs) That that was building up for it. But... uh, I had never done that, you know, or looked into that. And I know you've spoke on it a lot, you know, and I actually just kind of looked into it a little bit, and it blew my mind, you know, because, you know, you kind of think, well, they had good intentions, you would like to think. You know, it's like, oh, well, they they instituted this, this pagan holiday to try to, to bring in the pagans and the heathen, and then once they got them in, then they could tell them the truth. You know, I mean, that's yeah. what I, you, I, you would like to think, you know. But... Like you said, you know, it was uh, it was designed to to compete. The, you know, the December twenty fifth birthday of Christ. You know, it was designed to compete with the he- the heathen Roman feast of Saturnalia. You know, in honor of the sun deity Mithra, 
you know, Mithra and the biblical Messiah, you know, bear a, a lot of remarkable similarities if, if you dig into who Mithra was. You know, Mithra was uh, the creator God. He became flesh, saved mankind from the powers of darkness. His birth was December the 25th. It was witnessed by shepherds. He had a last supper with his disciples, returned to heaven, and when one day will return to judge and resurrect mankind and lead the chosen into immortality. Hmm. <laughs> Pretty Sounds similar. Like the devil had a little bit of work going on there, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's, let's make you believe well, that's the whole point, the yeah. deception, right? Oh, the yeah. deception is always going to make Satan it sound like... Satan always flips everything upside yeah. down. It makes, it makes yeah. a little sense until right at the end. But I think that's crazy, that Saturnalia, that, that festival you're talking about was the seven-day festival from December 17th till December 24th, which would have been Christmas Eve, you know, now what we call Christmas Eve, but right. that would have taken us right up to that point, and then they'd have been like, all right, now look at us, look at us, it's the birth of Jesus, look over here, yeah. your, your festival's right. done, come over here now and look at this. It's, I think Heiser said that the, what, if you look at the, the full information, um, kind of everything that he had, that he said that he thinks Herod lived all the way until 1 B.C. is what he said. And you had multiple Herods, too. Well, Herod yeah, the Great, so, yeah. as we say, Herod the Great yeah. But at that time. But as far as those things, like you said, so we're talking the um, birth of Jesus really being somewhere between 1 to 3 B.C., is really kind right. of the well, and at the same time in December over there, you're not traveling. You're not walking. You know, you're not walking over there in the summertime either. Yeah. Because I was there. <laughs> yeah, but getting with you know the tying up the whole you know pagan holiday December twenty fifth thing. You know, you mentioned you know Constantine. You know, was behind that. You know, says so the Roman Emperor Constantine gave the most significant push to blend the two factions of pagan mm-hmm. and Christianity. Yeah. He switched the Sabbath from the sev- uh, the seventh day, Saturday, to the first day, Sunday. You know, the day the pagans worshipped the sun. That's, you know, why it's called Sunday. Yes. That all shops, he, he put out an order that all shops should be closed, you know, and all should rest. They made it illegal to keep the Holy Sabbath. Yeah. They were going to take you to jail for this stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, and, uh, and like you said, you also mentioned the Tower of Babel. You know, Nimrod married his mother. You know, Simraris, how you say that? Simraris, which is also uh, uh, Diana, Aphrodite, Astarte, Rhea, and Venus, according to which story or culture you're getting it from. Yeah. You know, her son, Tammuz, Tammuz. we've mentioned him before, you know, was also Bacchus, Adonis, Osiris. Again, according to which country or religion or, Mm -hmm. you know, you get it from. Same people, different names. That's right. As he confounded the languages that was told in these different cultures, and it was the same story being told about the same deity, but um, obviously... The names or whatever. But it comes down to the sun worshiping, just like you said. And do you know where the Christmas tree comes from? Well, yeah, you could look at Jeremiah 10, and um, what they would do is they'd go out to the woods, and they would chop these uh, evergreens down, and they would bring them into the house, and they would line them with tinsel and gold. And they would erect this uh, this idol in their house, and then they would take presents and put them under the tree, and you would bow down in front of the tree to grab your presents, you see. Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about um, these different traditions and stuff that's been overlapped in Christianity, this is where this came from. Yeah. And, uh, just and it all tied to Nimrod. 
it all tied to Nimrod. Yeah, that's also, why you know, them this pic, depictions you see, he's sitting there holding like this little miniature-looking tree, which, yeah. you know, they depicted him as like a giant. He was, he was huge holding this Christmas tree, and then, you know, the, they have him with the pine cone, you know, and all yes. that stuff, you know. But the, uh, the way the, the story went was uh, that he was uh, you know, dying and resurrecting, you know, and he would come back to life. But it only when the dead Yule log was thrown into the fire and the evergreen reappeared again, at the winter solstice, December the 25th. And it says, Simres, Simres, how do you say that again? Simres. Yeah, Simres would claim that Nimrod would visit the evergreen and leave gifts under it, hence your Christmas tree. Ah, see how that worked yeah, right there? Yeah, it's crazy. So is Nimrod is Saint Nick? They're the same person? Well, a different name, mind. I guess. It yeah. would definitely blow you. These are, these are man-made traditions, you know, that were hailed by the pagans. And then when Constantine brought forth together the Council of Nicaea in 325, you know, he amalgamated these two things together and created one deity to where he could rule over everybody, you know. So. Uh, and what's crazy, too, is Tam- Tammuz, you know, the, was the Babylonian sun deity. He was the first counterfeit savior. <laughs> You know, Yahweh in Ezekiel 8, 14 through 18 condemns the worship of Tammuz and the sun. I mean, you've had conversations about that before. But it's unbelievable when you follow the trail of these scriptures and stuff and uh, just how uh, you can see in our world today. The how deceit this, and the iniquity. Oh, yeah. The iniquity that's being woven. It's just, it's it's unbelievable. People doesn't, we don't see this. But that's We're willfully exactly, blind. We're willfully blind. And that's because we don't search so we don't yeah, find. we don't dig we, we don't knock he don't answer we don't ask him and he don't give it to us you know so uh here we are just ignorant and we're ignorant to satan's devices and that's the last thing that we need to do but uh when you really start to do the study and do the research i mean you could be able to connect the dots and uh see the world for what it really is and um, this is satan's realm and that's why he was able to offer to the messiah all the kingdoms because it was his to give we've talked about this before so um definitely something i love to talk about oh yeah well i guess since we've uh uh dived through the 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 fake birthday and and where it came from we can get into the real stuff and what scripture says i mean let's get to the meat baby and we want to thank you guys i mean it's so cool i mean looking and seeing people we got people from united kingdom now we got people from belgium all across the united states we we are very humble (laughs) and and, and we're hearing something about maybe uh somebody you know i don't know oh a big name coming big name author coming in the world like that simmer right yeah big name author in the works oh okay his name's not bad i know a guy (laughs) wow yeah yes he does I don't know. I can't figure this out. I've got something, but now. Okay. Stephen? What would you say? Luke what? Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 23. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth, who was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes careful to obey all the commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. 
Well, Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, what do the angels always say? Exactly. Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. How far do you want me to go? Uh, well, Ben, you got yours pulled up. You want no, to continue? Just you just lost it. Okay, go, I'll keep, I can go keep to going. 23. 23, okay. For he will be great in the Lord's eyes. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many, uh, he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the Spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers uh, to their children. And he will cause those who are the rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. That's really nice. He didn't say, call his wife old. He just said she's, she's got a couple years on. And one thing, too, you know, I bet some people's like, Well, what does Zechariah and Elizabeth and John have to do with Jesus? Well, Zechariah was the uncle to Jesus and the father of John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're creating a timeline here, is what we're doing. Yes. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you the good news. But now, since you didn't believe in what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child, I'm sorry, until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Okay. So what, the where are we at right there? That was uh, Luke 2, 5, and I actually went a little further. Or, yeah, I finished Luke, up that. Luke chapter 1, 5 through 23. I went through 25 on okay. that. Okay, yeah, that's fine. So we're trying to establish a timeline so we know Jesus' uncle, Zechariah, was a priest. He was serving for the feasts and holy days. He was told, visited by an angel, said he'll conceive. He goes back home. He didn't believe. He didn't believe. He was silenced. Then... Uh, it gives you a time. It says, uh, so she concealed herself for how many months? Five. For five months. So a pregnancy is? Nine. Nine months. So we, we lack four months, right? We're going to fill in that four-month time gap with Scripture. But uh, right here in my notes, I said, her husband, the priest, was the eighth course of Abja. He would have uh, to serve, to, you know, according to the Talmud, he would have to serve two weeks in a row and serve for the week of Pentecost, June. So... Five months later puts us at November. Okay, uh, Luke chapter 1, 26 through 27. That would place Mary's encounter with the angel middle to the end of December. This is the time of Hanukkah, the festival of lights. So Jesus, the light of the world, was announced during the festival of lights. How fitting is that? Mm -hmm. It says the angel of the Lord told Mary, 
of Elizabeth's now six-month pregnancy. So she bolted to her cousin's house, Luke chapter 1, verse 39. She remained there, it says, three months. Six plus three is nine, nine months. So Luke chapter 1, verse 56, she stayed for the birth of John the Baptist. By now, Passover had come, so she might as well stay in Jerusalem, right? This puts John the Baptist's birthday during Passover week at the end of March, first week of April. This places Jesus' birth mid-September, first of October, right around the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. And how fitting, Feast right. of Tabernacles is, you know, when they celebrated uh, that God dwelled among them when they were leaving Amen. Egypt. He tabernacled with them. He dwelled with them. Uh, so, no, no, that's when Moses was, was handed the law. That's, you know, when they were in the wilderness, you know, and they, they built the, the tabernacle, the holiest of holies, and the presence so the, of God rested the on the it. Covenant, and yeah. God rested on the Ark of the Covenant. That was so, his seat. Yeah, so now God is physically dwelling among them you know i'm a firm believer god's the divine architect and puts stuff together so perfectly you know like a perfect you know hollywood thriller you know what i mean it just makes too much sense not to be real and the part is it's like you don't it's it it almost seems so common sense but when you look at it, it it you don't like a good movie you don't see the twist until it happens at the end. You don't see it coming, and God's like, well, look at this. Yeah. And, you gotta know, and, and the thing is, too, about any movie or a good story, you got to know the beginning really well before you can understand the ending because right. there's always that big twist, and you're like, why is it doing this at the first of the movie? This makes no sense. And then you go through it, and then all of a sudden there's that big plot twist, and then the ending oh. comes, and you're like, oh, that makes so much sense <laughs> yeah. now. Exactly. You know? Uh, so... And right here I got uh, Luke chapter 2. Do you believe the God of the Bible had all this pre-planned? Well, of course he did. Do you think he would have had Joseph and Mary, who were carrying the light of the world, his only son, on a 40-mile trek alone in the middle of winter, riding a donkey while nine months pregnant in the freezing temperatures? No. He planned the trip when the weather was beautiful. Yeah, where they would enjoy the trip with the entire townsfolk joining in to help during the time of great celebration. Yes, Yeshua was not born on Christmas Day. I feel like you should have a mic drop there or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Okay? The Talmud mentions four large candles. And I keep mentioning the Talmud. That's a Jewish text that the priests and stuff would keep, you know, uh, documentation on their feasts, how they practiced. You know I mean? It's basically like a historical document. But the Talmud mentions four large candlesticks with four golden bowls at the top of each in the women's court. The wicks were made from worn-out priestly garments cut into strips. The Greek term wrapped in swaddling clothes means to wrap in stripes. Now remember, Mary's relative was a priest, Zechariah, and they traveled in groups uh, with their families to these holy feasts. Luke chapter 2, verse 43 through 45. 
you know that's when they lost jesus they were they they thought he was with the family up in the caravan you know so that showed you that you know they went to these feasts and holy days as a family it was a family event they traveled together in groups you know yeshua was wrapped in linen stripes cut from the priestly garments blood stained by the sacrifices offered up on our behalf to draw us near to god that's where the swaddling clothes come from now why was there no room for them in the inn because it was the Feast of Tabernacles. Josephus wrote that 2.5 million people were competing for space. Most of the out-of-towners traveling from Egypt, Syria, and Jordan, and so on, would have arrived a few weeks earlier to be there for the Feast of Trumpets or Yom Kippur. Those traveling far away may have made a little vacation out of it. The inns would not have been filled during the dead of winter. Common sense dictates that this is because this was during the Feast of Tabernacles. So, I mean, we're following all this, putting our timelines together and establishing that. Well, the shepherds in the field, right? So the shepherds in the field, that's verse 8. It says, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. So... There, there are no shepherds in the fields in the middle of the night during the dead of winter. No shepherds would have their livestock out in the temperatures and freezing rain and possibly snow. They would be pinned up in and out of the elements. December through January uh, is the, the rainy and cold season. But September, October, there may have been seven days of rain. Um, and also another thing, too, to back that up, if, if you read uh, uh, Jeremiah... 36 through, let's see, 36, 22. Let me pull that up. Jeremiah 36, 22. It says here, it says, It was the ninth month, and the king was sitting in the winter house, and there was a fire burning in the fire pot before him. So, I mean, that shows you that that's the, the winter time. Uh... But when you go down to verse 10 in, uh, in Luke chapter 2, it says, An angel said, Fear not. Once again, that fear not. Uh, Every time an angel shows up, he's got it. He's got fear it. Fear not. Can you well, imagine what they look like? It must be pretty scary, you know? Can you imagine what they look like? Intimidating. Every time he'd be like, Hey, no, it's okay. I'm the good guy. <laughs> but he says, You know, fear not. I bring you tidings of great joy. You know, you know, the Feast of Tabernacles was known as the season of our joy to the Hebrews. The people were commanded to rejoice for the entire week, if you read Deuteronomy uh, 16, 14. God even uh, pre-planned the birthday song, Psalm 118. They would recite this at the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus' name, Yeshua, means salvation. So imagine 2.5 million Jews unwittingly reciting this psalm and replace salvation with Yeshua at his birth. Yeshua is the is in the tabernacles of righteousness only god luke goes on to say suddenly there was an angel with the multitude of heavenly hosts praising god and saying glory to god in the highest and on the earth peace goodwill toward men luke chapter 2 verse 13 through 14 uh, it's no wonder as they look down as at the handiwork he is truly the master conductor of the universe coordinating coordinating everything from the beginning Amen to that. <laughs> That's crazy. A lot of depth right there. A lot of backing it up right there. Oh, yeah. And even the, the gifts, you know, because it talks about uh, the wise men. But the wise men uh, is not in uh, Luke. you got to go to Matthew for that. 
So if you go to Matthew chapter 2, that's where you have the, the wise men encounter. Uh, let's see. Well, each of the gifts had a different uh, meaning about yes, his life. Yes, yes. And like the gold being for a, a gift for a king. I mean, that would be a gift for a king. Right. Um, and then I'm trying to remember the myrrh and frankincense, I think. Yeah, was, you know, gold was the kingship. Uh, frankincense was the symbolizing the deity. The deity. And, then and the myrrh, myrrh was, death. was the death. It yeah. was the, what you, uh, part of the embalming, mm. part of the embalming right. process is yeah. to, with the smell. So uh, with the wise men, and here's where you, we get into the, the astrology part of it that, that ties it even together even more. June 17th, 2 B.C., Venus traveled east towards Jupiter. Both converged and appeared to be one bright star. There was also a full moon on this day. From both sides of the, the dome of the sky was lit brightly. The wise men of Babylon noticed and went out to follow this star and find the birth of this king that was in the stars, that was foretold in the stars. And three months later, because of course they're not going to find it instantaneously. They had to travel for a ways. This was like a like a bat signal, pretty much. They had to go find it. And uh, it says, uh, and three months later, on September the 11th, uh, one year, three months later, September 11, 3 B.C., they did. Mike Heiser's reversing Hermon and the star that astonished the world by Ernest Martin are, are two books you can look at that goes into great detail about this. Uh, this was no single star that they followed, but a set of stars slash constellations. Revelation 12 is a description of the birth of Jesus. It's not just metaphoric, but physical in the heavens. It was constellations. Psalms 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above declares his handiwork. It pours out speech and reveals knowledge. Romans 10, Paul tells us, The heavens communicated the coming of Jesus. Ancient people have been mapping the stars forever. The same stars they saw back then and documented we still see today. Genesis says, God created the sun, moon, to separate day from night and the stars and signs and seasons, Genesis 1, uh, 14. The sun tells the hour, the moon tells the month, the stars tell the seasons. It's like a perfect timepiece or watch where they all take the same path continuously. And the ancient people documented these things so well that we can actually rewind those hands on that clock. So like the Revelation 12 breakdown. Uh, is you know where it's clearly astronomical. The sun, moon, and stars are mentioned, are on her cloth in the sun. The twelve stars on her head and the moon under her feet. You know, cloth in the sun simply means the sun being in the midst of the constellations Virgo, between the neck and the knees, which I believe the womb. She is pregnant with the the sun, who turns out to be God after all. But the sun would have to be located between 150 to 170 degrees along the ecliptic. This clothing of the sun in Virgo occurs for a 20-day period each year. This 20-degree spread could indicate the general time when Jesus was born. But the moon under her feet really narrows the window. It's roughly a nine-minute window to astronomically pinpoint the birth of Jesus. The 12 stars on her head is, is Leo, the Lion King. Jesus was also from the line of Judah, the prophesied line of Judah, the dragon under 
her waiting to devour the child is the constellation Hydra, who coincidentally has seven heads, like the one in Revelation. All these things lining up perfectly to give us the date of the birth of Jesus, which is September 11th, 3 BC. Awesome. Sorry that was long-winded. No, no that, that's that, what it takes, man. That's a lot of stuff right there. That was there. all the info. you got to give the background to line it all up. And, I mean, if you look, the sun, uh, you know, it moves down into the southern hemisphere all year long until it comes to the southernmost point at December the 25th, and that's your solstice right there. And then perceivably, the sun stops moving after moving southbound all year long after those three days of being stuck and moving south all year long. It's perceivably aligned with what's called a constellation, the crux. And then after three days... The sun, after moving southbound all year long, starts to move northward. And this right here is when the sun's starting to become more powerful and dominant, of course. Then it rises up and goes into the northern hemisphere. And just like the scripture says, you know, the stars foretell, you know, the, the glory of God and his handiwork. The crux is a cross. Yes. So the sun goes to the cross. Dies on the cross. Three days, you said? Three days. Then it ascends? And headed back to the northern hemisphere. Yep, after moving southbound all year long. So, yeah. I mean, the stars definitely That's told the That's just a coincidence, tale. I'm sure. Well, it's probably a conspiracy. Let's just be honest about it. <laughs> That's a bad word. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I love it, though. That's awesome stuff, man. That was spot on. Yeah, did a great job, JB. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. If you'd like more content just like that, check us out at the Dig Bible Podcast. And also my new podcast just launched today on Jesus' birthday. Did that on purpose. But the Prometheus Lens Podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere podcasts can be found. And we also have a members-only section with exclusive content, videos, and documentaries. Come check us out, see if we're a good fit, see if you enjoyed the journey.